0: Hello! Ziyang here. Thank you for joining me as I attempt to find my place in a world where nothing is funny and everyone is offended. Okay, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, let's talk about my circuit breaker experience. Before we begin, for context, if by any chance there are any non-Singaporeans listening, this circuit breaker that we're talking about is Singapore's equivalent of a quarantine or a lockdown or a movement control order, depending on where you're from. Basically, we were all required to stay home from April 7th to June 1st, with the exception of heading out only for essential items. Basically, that's the gist of what the circuit breaker was in Singapore. And also, to keep things simple, I will refer to this circuit breaker as the CB thing from now on. So when COVID-19 first broke out, a lot of crazy events here in Singapore and globally took us all by surprise. Everyone's emotions were all over the place. Both the extremely disgusting and extremely beautiful side of humans were brought to light during this time. I think at this point, we can all agree that the after effects of the virus was something that none of us could have anticipated. When she hit the fan back in march-ish and the entire universe started getting hit in the face by the waves of metaphorical feces i remember thinking to myself this is precisely the reset that the world needs at least over here in singapore everything non-essential was put on hold for two months everyone was encouraged to stay and work from home and minimize contact with outsiders the air quality improved because we don't have a clusterfuck of cars getting into town every morning for work And we also don't have parents rushing to drop their kids off for school at Bukit Timah at 7 o'clock in the morning. The parents and kids have no choice but to spend more time at home with each other. Parents are finally getting the time that they used to complain they never had to spend with their children. Children are able to attend classes from home in the comfort of their room, possibly in their pyjamas, I don't know. And most working adults no longer have to squeeze in the trains and buses early in the morning with like a million other strangers, you know, smelling their sweat just to get their ass to work. You just wake up, brush your teeth, turn on your laptop, and then they're at work already. It's like everyone is living their dream, but in a real-life nightmare. And when the Circuit Breaker was first announced here in Singapore, many of our people spent no effort in demonstrating the first-class etiquette of our fine country. Most of us began bulk purchasing pretty much anything that we could get our hands on. You know, everything from canned food to sanitary pads, toilet paper, were all swept off the supermarket shelves. Personally, I only got to see the aftermath of the supermarket raid from everybody's uh, Facebook posts. Some people have taken to converting their bomb shelters at home into a minimark with everything that they have bought. I was honestly very surprised and disturbed that something like that actually happened in Singapore. I thought our government did a very good job over the past 50-something years with our education system, you know, instilling the right values and most importantly, a decent amount of common sense in our people. But evidently, something is still lacking somewhere. At one point, some of our people have even gone to Indonesia, I think, to mass purchase from the supermarkets there, leaving an extreme shortage of supplies for the locals. And I genuinely have never been more ashamed to identify myself as a Singaporean during that period. But, you know, as the saying goes, every cloud has a silver lining. This one is no exception. A couple of weeks later, as panic began to set in in other countries like Australia, Europe, US, the same thing happened. The locals there began mass purchasing and holding everything. You know, food, water, dry goods, and obviously toilet paper because who can live without toilet paper, right? Now, Singapore has always taken pride in being the world leader in many things. In 2018, we were the world's most expensive city to live in for five consecutive years. In 2019, we were the seventh most costly location in Asia and the 13th most expensive city in the world for expats. At one point, I think we were also among the top producers of solid waste internationally. This time, amidst this global pandemic, I think we can safely say that we are among the first barbarians to hot toilet paper for no logical reason. Singapore one America has been a fun country to watch as well. You know, there's information everywhere on the interwebs that you can read up on. I won't go into too much details. I never read too much into what went on, and I don't like to speak about things I don't know, which is kind of ironic considering I talk so much about myself. But anyway, I've heard people say that if you put together video clips of the news coverage in the US for the past couple of months, you get some sort of a reality TV like show, but done with a very limited budget, a very angry cast and sloppy production. Okay, enough about the world, now back to me, because that's what I came here for, right? Uh this CB thing was an eye-opener for me because I experienced all sorts of emotions at different points during this entire stay-home season. When the C B thing was first implemented, I had mixed feelings. I remember the same week the announcements were made, I was let go from my part-time jobs. So that meant that my income was affected. Gone, rather, my income was gone. And that left me feeling rather lost. But I also felt very thankful because I could take this opportunity to dive into my personal work. You know, I could work on projects that I've had to put on hold. And I could also learn some new skills that I've always been wanting to pick up but couldn't because not enough time. The first three weeks were very awesome. I remember helping my mom set up a computer for her to work from home. I got my study materials in order, I would wake up early, go for a stroll, have breakfast and then start work. During that first three weeks, I was very consistent and then I got stuck. I started getting very, very restless at home. You know, i would have trouble sitting down for a decent amount of time to be productive and I felt very anxious and very useless and I hated that I wasn't doing as much as I wanted to. I began shaming myself, not like in public but like in my own head. I was in a very dark place mentally, I think for about a week and I really let myself go during that time. I ate like shit, I slept in late, I didn't exercise I got fat basically Then I started doing yoga Nothing too fancy, just very short 10-20 to 20 minute sessions in the morning once I'm up uh, We'll talk about the yoga stuff another day Long story short, it helped me gain some clarity and inner peace and, and yes, the sight of an obese person struggling to maintain balance is very amusing I also started picking up some DIY skills you know, I did some sewing and repaired a tear in my camera bag I learned to solder and to make my own bungee cords and just to repair like random stuff lying around the house. But the most therapeutic thing I did was to get all my equipment organized. I took a couple of days off here and there to sort out my camera and audio gear and all my miscellaneous grip equipment all into separate bags. I also labeled everything as neatly as I could and compartmentalized everything so that they'll be easier to find when I'm on set and when I'm filming my own personal work. In the past when I had to shoot something, be it for a client or for myself, my equipment would be all in different bags and by the time I had everything set up the way I needed it to be, I'll be giddy from like bending down and standing up so many times because everything was all in different bags and I had to like go and dig through and find. I also managed to pack my drawers and throw out some stuff that I've never used for the past few years. I thanked them like Mary Kondo suggested and I just threw them out when my mother was unaware. I've also been hanging out with the sale group my friend invited me to be a part of. They have been extremely nice and welcoming and very accepting of the monster that I am. There's no salesman pitch to, you know, quote unquote, save me like all the other MLM cell group meetings that my other friends have brought me to, my ex-friends. We did this bless a friend thing, which was very, very nice. And I honestly enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Basically, it's like secret center. You know, names were drawn at random and then we would do what we could to bless that friend we would either get them something that they wanted or perhaps just buy them a nice meal, send with delivery or just prayers for the friend. I specifically requested no gifts or material things, you know, just prayers for good health and to not die. But my secret friend was very nice and she actually got me a sandwich and soup from sudeli And I was very thankful because number one, it's a very nice surprise. And number two, it's something that I wouldn't have done for myself. Uh, you know, on my end, in between my poor financial decisions and unemployment, I was in the best shape financially but I decided to scrap whatever remaining assets I had to pay it forward I also got my blessing some food and on the same week that McDonald's resumed operations you know with Singaporeans being Singaporeans the Mac system was having difficulty accepting my neighbor's order so being the saint that I am I went to the drive-thru to pick up a meal for my neighbour and it felt very nice to just do something simple that can make somebody's day better you know I didn't know I had a capacity in me for kindness <laughs> I've gotten more patient with delivery services. You know, food delivery riders for one are being sandwiched between the restaurants and customers and I feel very sorry for them because, because if the restaurant fucks up the order or delays the food, then the riders get fucked by the customer if the customer is not nice. And in the midst of trying to rush and pick up more orders to put food on the table for their own family, sometimes the riders might spill some of the drinks or the food. And then again, if the customer is not nice, then they get complained. So my heart goes out to all the delivery people. Thank you for doing your best to bring convenience to lazy anusers like me. Parcel deliveries during this time have also slowed down a lot. Um, I don't bitch about it or start drafting my complaint email if my parcel is a day late. I remember this one time I was receiving a parcel from Amazon. Typically, the delivery person will just press the doorbell, leave the parcel at my shoe rack and then say bye-bye. And this practice has become even more common once COVID-19 became the in thing and social distancing became the norm. So, I was genuinely confused at first when this delivery man asked for my name and then he confirmed my name with his system and then he checked my address and then confirmed the address on his system and then he signed on on my behalf properly, you know letter for letter before handing the entire parcel to me. He probably took 20 times longer than the usual deliveries by double and triple checking everything. This delivery guy confirming my order was like my grandmother trying to learn WhatsApp. The only difference is that he actually managed to confirm my order But anyway, in most circumstances, I would have been very annoyed. But I remember standing there that day, you know, smiling to myself and admiring this guy in a non-gay, out of respect kind of way. Because it's very obvious that it's his first few times doing this. He probably took this job out of desperation or necessity to feed his family and to put food on the table. And he didn't seem frustrated or angry. And he actually put in the effort to do his new job well. And I admire that. In that moment, I was reminded once again of how blessed I was or spoil like, depending on how you see it. This entire CB thing has helped me appreciate sitting down with the family and eating together. In the past, our routines were always work, come home, dinner, eat, do our own things, sleep. And some of us would even work late sometimes, so we didn't always have dinner together. But during this CB thing, we got to have lunch and dinner almost every day together as a family. Us laughing together and making stupid jokes or just discussing matters together as a family over a meal means a lot to me. And now that everyone is home a lot more, sometimes my day gets disrupted when my parents ask me for help with, I don't know, Whatsapp. Or my brother updating me about his school or his day while I'm doing work. Well, it gets a little disruptive sometimes, but when I think about it, you know, back when everything was quote-unquote normal, We didn't have opportunities to interact like that with each other. We didn't get to share our stories or discuss our thoughts and opinions as much as we do now. Ironically, I thought this love period at home would accelerate the progress of my personal work and learning, but I did far less than I imagined I would. But I honestly wouldn't change anything about it if I'm being very honest. Like I said at the start, I think this entire pandemic is the reset that the universe needed. And I think in many ways this was the reset that I needed as well. While I haven't made much tangible progress in my work, I've learned so much during my internship as a full-time prisoner of my parents' home. And these are lessons that I wouldn't have learned if we were still operating in the pre-COVID, hectic-as-fuck, results-driven Singapore. These days, I've learned to plan my schedule more efficiently and to prioritize working efficiently over working hard. Initially, I would fill my day with more tasks than I could handle because I felt like I had to look busy, to be busy, to be productive. What was going through my mind exactly at that point in time, I don't know. But looking back, it's quite stupid to think that way. And then after that, I would beat myself up because there definitely would have been days where I cannot complete everything that I set out to do. So now I try my best to focus on one or two major tasks per day to do them well. And if I get them done, I take the rest of the day off and do something that I like. There are definitely still days where I fall short and I'm not as productive. And I try to allow myself to take a day or two off when I need to and to not judge myself for it. You know, I don't have to constantly be busy to be productive, and if anything, I find that it's quite the contrary. I found that this approach helps reduce decision fatigue as well, and I retain information a lot better. Um, there is so much that I could go into detail about my experience and everything I've learned, but basically, this is the gist of my experience. This antivirus is far from over. You know, I'm not I'm not a prophet. I don't know what else is coming. Whether things are going to get better or worse, but I do know that. You know, cliche as it sounds, we are in for a new normal. Not just in Singapore, but all over the world. And I hope everybody stays positive and healthy. Be kind to yourselves and to one another. And let's all learn to adapt and make the most out of what we've got. The universe and God never gives you more than you can handle. You know, things will be difficult, but you won't die. Before we go, I'd just like to quote Gary V from his conversation with Louis House on Gary's podcast. Gary says, Let's come off of this leaning into humility and gratitude. And that will be the straight road to everything you want. Just be grateful. Yes, you lost your job or your business is not as good, but your grandfather didn't die from Corona. And I have to say, Gary is right. My grandfather died from pneumonia. Hello my friends and thank you for hanging around. It really means a lot to me when someone takes time out of his or her day to listen to someone unqualified like me share about his life. I hope I've been able to add some value to your life with this podcast. Even if it's to help you realise not to live a life like me, I am more than happy to make a difference in someone else's life at the expense of my happiness and reputation. Anyway, please share this podcast with your friends if you haven't already. If you liked it, share. If you don't like it, also share and tell people not to listen. You should be a good friend and want your friends. You can also hop on over to Spotify or Anchor and leave me a review, hopefully a good one if you have time. Also, if you are interested in memes and cats and the occasional update of my life in a visual form, I'm on Instagram at L-E-K-Z-H-I-Y-A-N-G. If you're blind, your best bet will still be this podcast, so just stay here. Uh, Vice versa for the deaf. Again, I just want to say I really appreciate you. I don't usually mean what I say, but I mean it this time. Thank you and take care.